Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has she been inspired by a calling, crafted her journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversation and to use it to help you to recognize if this is happening in your life. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Our guest today is Diane Courtley, who is a best-selling author, spiritual mindset coach, psychic medium, and energy interpreter. Diane has used her psychic abilities and connection to spirit to find her way through the agony of loss and grief after a tragic accident. Her book, About a Blue Angel, speaks about the tragedy and how she navigated the most difficult period in her life. Hers is a story that will no doubt take you on a powerful journey and perhaps even bring you a little comfort, peace, and understanding while processing the loss of a loved one. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show, Diane. Hello, it's great to be here. Yes, it's wonderful to see you again. Uh, Tell the audience a little bit about yourself, um, where you grew up, and what your passions were. Well, I was born in northern Alberta, Canada, and uh, I was always interested in a variety of things. I think like everybody else growing up, I, you know, just moved through life exploring all different kinds of things. I was always a very creative child and loved to draw and paint and do all sorts of artwork. And I love to write. I'm a big writer. I like to write my thoughts. I like to journal. I like to write blogs and blurbs and just just write. I love to write. So I love the written word. And I, I'm always fascinated by how we can change words to make mean different things. So I'm really, really love writing and reading. I think I read two or three books a week, novels a week when I was uh, a teenager and a preteen. I started very early. So I love to read everything and just really interested person. So yeah, that's sort of who I am. I'm a mom, uh, three sons, two living and one non-physical. I'm a wife. My husband and I just had our 34th wedding anniversary. Beautiful. And yeah, so enjoying life. I'm really enjoying my life. I'm I'm exploring. I'm a medium. I'm an author. I yes. wrote a book and uh, self-published that. And I'm looking to do another one soon. Yes. And how did you end up getting interested in the spiritualness of the human being? I think I was always interested in sort of my inner being. I always say it was, it's very strange as a child. I was always very connected to myself, regardless Mm -hmm. of what was going on in my life. I always seemed to have my best friend was myself. (laughs) I could always go within and have conversations and be okay. Spending time with myself. Not that I was an introvert, but I really, really enjoyed just spending time by myself and in nature. I grew up on a farm, so it was easy to go for walks and just be by myself. And so I've always been really interested in that inner part of me and what made me tick, I guess, and explore that. But as far as the mediumship, I didn't get into that until I was an adult or at a conscious level. I mm-hmm. should say, because, yes, you know, as a child, I was a medium and didn't know it or, or you know, very psychic and didn't know it. Did you think that other people were made up like you were and you knew things and you thought other people knew things as well? And you didn't realize until later that you were gifted? Well, 
two things. I, I really don't feel, I, I don't like to call it a gift. <laughs> I, I feel like we can, we can gain skills from it and we can certainly polish skills of our character, but I, I don't know. I, I just, something about the word gifted kind of rubs me wrong with it. I just feel like I'm, I'm very skilled at what I do because I pay attention to it. And I'm very focused on it and I believe anybody can do it dog going crazy that never ever barks so I don't know what's going on must be spirit (laughs) but sorry abilities my abilities they they just I always knew that I knew things I hard mm -hmm. being a child that grew up being a know-it-all it wasn't a fun thing to be around people and just know things sometimes. And they always sort of look at me like, you know, why would you say that? Or, you know, as an adult, certainly as I got older, I would, people would say, why are you always the devil's advocate? You know, when I'm on the school board or the hockey board and, but I could see sort of three steps ahead of people or hidden agendas or why people were Mm -hmm. doing things. And I just couldn't understand why other people couldn't, see them because I just thought everybody could when you're Mm -hmm. born with something like that you don't recognize that other people can't and you don't question it because you just assume that everybody can do the same thing or can you know see spirit or or just have this inner knowing because it's such a part of you that you don't you don't separate it from yourself Mm -hmm. it is just who you are so yeah I, I always had that Yes. And I thought that everyone had special abilities, the ability to see what others didn't see, hear what others people didn't hear. And actually, Dean Radin, who is the chief scientist of the Noetic Institute, has done a study. And it's a preliminary study. But they have found, they thought that people who had these types of abilities we're going to show up. But what happened is we are the norm and there are other people, there are people who do not have these abilities. And I remember being excited about it when I, when I read it and I called my sister, uh, Roxanne, who's my stepsister or half sister. I shouldn't say stepsister. She's my half sister. And I let her know that it was okay that she didn't have intuitions and she didn't have gut feelings and she didn't have precognitive dreaming because she lacked that uh, genode I think it's called and so everybody doesn't have this and I went through life thinking that people did have it and did you think that people everybody had it and they just weren't using it or developing it Well, regardless of what the science says I guess and this is where I kind of differ I do believe that everybody can connect because we can all connect to our source, we can all connect to God, we can all connect to our creator. So our ability to connect can be where I talk about the skill, right? I, I like to use the analogy of singing, some people sing naturally, some people can be taught technically, some people, you know, don't sing well at all, but they can still make noise. So I kind of, you know, think of it like that, that we all have the ability to connect with our inner being. We mm-hmm. So we all have the ability to connect with oh, source yes. oh, and yes. with God. So that's what I mean about, you know, we can all do this and it's not something outside of us. It's something that we all have the innate right and genetics aside. I, I think that we we all being spiritual beings, we all have the ability to connect. It's just at what skill level we do that, whether we, you know, do it technically, whether we can put focus into it and learn how to do it really well, or it comes more naturally to us. I think that's where the gift comes, right? It's more Mm -hmm. of a natural Mm -hmm. gift than somebody that can learn it technically. But I believe everybody has the ability to do it at at a certain level. Some people are just built differently. Some people, you know, go through life sort of just reacting rather than creating. And some people are very conscious of of their thoughts and what they're creating in their lives. So, you know, we we all have the ability to connect. It's just at what level we choose to and at what level sort of our, whether it's our past lives, or our environment in this lifetime, whatever the choices we've made have brought us to a specific level of understanding and connection. 
Mm. I think that's where it differs. Mm -hmm. But I think everybody has the ability to do it if they if they focus and you know put their intention into it. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. I didn't think it that people could be taught how to do it. Certainly, the soul or the human evolves as they live here on Earth. The longer they're here, the more in touch they seem to be with the higher their higher self or their soul self or soul being. And I think that a lot of it has to do with when those intuitions come to you is that you are paying attention and that you write them down. They attributed it to, I'm trying to think of the Inquisition is because what happens when, because I thought the Inquisition went on for a hundred years, I guess it went on for a few hundred years, but what happens is the genetics of the body changes because you're so frightened and as the, you're frightened for your life. And so you lose that because if you were caught saying anything that seems to be that normal people don't know, then you could actually be accused as being a witch or warlock. And I guess warlocks were even burned at the stake as well. And so it was a sort of, you know, fight or fright sort of situation that they were in. And so then the evolution of the human beings on the planet at that time evolved without it over, you know, you know, decades and and hundreds of years. And this was what they had attributed the, the group that did not have the the genoid that was uh I think I'm saying that right I hope I am <laughs> but uh and I believe it and I think that you know with anything we need to there's we don't know everything and so we need to be taught and we need to go to workshops and all sorts of things in order to expand any ability that we may have very interesting and so do you work in this in mediumship I do I do several readings a week and I, it's funny when people first come to me, they want me to prove that I'm connecting, you know, and then they want to connect with their loved ones. Usually people come when they're in trauma and want to just have a connection. The second or third time they come to me, it's more psychic and they want to know what's going on in their lives and how they can improve, or they're just interested in sort of the energy work Mm -hmm. part of it. But certainly, you know, I hope I do a good enough job when they come the first time that they trust the process and they trust that they can connect. And I give them some tips and tricks to, you know, work with their people on their own so that they don't need a medium. They can Mm -hmm. actually connect and, you know, have those conversations with their loved ones on their own. Yes. And do you find that a lot of the work that you do is people who want to connect with their loved ones? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of a lot of times the trauma or the incident or whatever they're going through that sort of puts them on the path brings them to me in the first place and delving into the world of spirituality. And I'm certainly doing a lot more um, readings with men coming to see me and it, it's so interesting because they're so open and they're, they're curious and they just want to know. It's almost like they, they're giving themselves permission. I think anybody that comes to me, it's like they're giving themselves permission to open up the conversation and really start to learn and delve into what they actually believe. You know, because of whether they've been indoctrinated into a specific religion, you know, mm-hmm. there's certainly those people that are because of their environment have certain beliefs. And yes. then there's other people. I always talk about my parents. I was born into the perfect family because I didn't have any sort of religious indoctrination. Certainly, okay. you know, through school, we had the Christmas pageant. And, you know, I heard yeah. about Mary and Joseph and, you yeah. know, that kind of thing in school, yeah. which gave, I think was really important just in the fact that it gave kids, especially a sense that, oh, there, there is this other part of me, right? We didn't just leave them hanging like we do now because there's no uh, religion allowed in school or anything. So kids are left hanging. They have this, we're taking care of their mind. We're taking care of their physical body, but spiritually we're just, Ooh, we better not talk about that. And Mm. all these kids, you know, at least, like I said, it may not have been whether it was a Christian religion or what it was. I had an idea that, Oh, there's this other piece of me that can connect outside of the physical and my thinking brain. And I think we've lost that a little bit. So I think that's why people are really reaching for a spiritual path because they're going, 
I, there is something else here and kids especially know that there's something else within them that's trying to express it themselves. But if you don't give them sort of a platform or even tell them anything about it, then they just don't know what it is. They can't, you know, we're human. We like to put thing labels on things. We like to, you know, understand and, and put them into a category. So if we have kids that are being raised without any kind of thought or discussion about spirituality, we leave mm-hmm. them hanging. And I think that's a shame. We need more people to stand up and, and talk about it. Yes. And I guess that then it goes into the family unit and, and it depends on the conscious level of the parents. And if parents, I mean, I'm because, and you probably did too, is because you are anchored in these abilities I looked for if my children were and my child both my children are and also my husband like I'll say you know I was thinking you know that we should go to dinner tonight or something he was I was just thinking that like a few minutes ago so did I pick up on his thoughts did he pick up on my pre-thoughts and I've also heard that husband and wife can actually dream the same dream or be in each other's dreams while they sleep at night. I've also heard that I've had a a lady on the show that uh, that has happened to her. And I think that if we learn more, and of course, we're going into the age of Aquarius, and which is the evolution, there's a whole shift in human consciousness. And I think that people are still waking up, and they're still, you know, figuring out, and is it okay? Because, you know, when I right before I published my book, I was really nervous, because I talked about the special abilities in my book. And I almost went under a pen name, because I wasn't sure that I wanted people to know, because of certain I can't read minds, you know, yes, my husband's, but sometimes because we just, you know, because we live in the same household, we work together as well. And, but because people want sovereignty, right, over themselves. And so I almost went under a pen name and I didn't, uh, which I'm really glad I did. And people embraced it. People were hungry for, because they found themselves in my book, because I talked about these different things. So these types of books, and there are many of them, help people believe that they're, this is okay, you know? That yeah. because not everybody has them even looking to even develop them. They're just happy the way they are. They're concrete, you know, and uh, they just don't want to know anything more than what they know right now. You uh, have a book, Diane. And what is the name of your book that you have uh, published? So a self-published uh, book, it's a memoir and it's called About a Blue Angel. And it's the story of my son's journey from life to the afterlife and my journey sort of in stepping into mediumship after his death. So, yeah, yeah, I would love for people to read it and let me know what they think about it. I, you know, it starts out telling Travis was my son, his story, and then it's sort of after um, his death, sort of my journey. And then at the end of the book, I do uh, channel some conversations with him. So you get kind of a little bit of everything in the book. It's a it's a quick read, but you do get quite a bit in the book. So it's a good book for somebody who is grieving the death of someone to even to open up that conversation, like we talked about having conversations about it and just sort of exploring their own beliefs when it comes to spirituality and death and grief. And that is a real challenge, isn't it? It is something you had talked about before about, you know, your connection with your husband and everything. I, I like to think of things in really simple terms. And I yes. think we're all energy, we're all vibrations. So oh, yeah. it makes sense that if your environment, if you're very closely connected with your loved one, you know, there's some people that are husband and wives or partners that live very different lives. So they're, you know, they, they sort of come in and out of each other's vibrational energy and frequency, but people that, you know, work together. I know my husband and I, we have several businesses, but we work very closely together. We're together all day, every day, you know, or quite a bit every day. So we're very much in each other's 
frequencies. So it only makes sense then that we would pick up on and, you know, dream together and have the same thoughts and, and sort of because our environment is so closely connected, we're in that frequency. So it's like, we're listening to the same song. And sometimes you sing the lyrics together. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that you're both listening to the same song, you're listening to the same station. And every once in a while, you come together and you can, you can sing the song together and you can, you know, say the lyrics together because you're so closely connected. So I like to think of it that way. And then, you know, our environment does matter, our thoughts do matter and the way that we sort of maneuver through life matters that way. And I think for some people, they go through life, like I was talking about, they just sort of react to life, they don't give themselves permission to kind of make conscious choices so much as just reacting to life coming at them. And I think it's important for us to all sort of, and we are evolving, we are moving, we are opening up and, uh, you know, more and more people are starting to think in that spiritual realm. And I think that's important, because then we can sort of um, determine our frequency by the choices that we make and the thoughts that we think and you mm-hmm. know which will determine our actions and reactions so yeah I think it's really important what we think about and what we do and and how we um, maneuver through life mm-hmm. by our choices well and I think that uh, people who are reacting to life I really don't believe they know another way and so hopefully they're listening to our podcast so that they can kind of explore that because a lot of people do go through their life just reacting to their environment instead of not reacting at all you know what i mean because it may if they're reacting they're a participant and they want to participate in their life of course Mm -hmm. and i think that you know we we get our guides, our angels, our loved ones on the other side, yes. we're, we're getting inspired thought all the time. And isn't it funny back in the day, you know, generations before yes. we would say that, you know, grandma is very intuitive. That yes. language was allowed, you know, it was okay for grandma to be intuitive. But if you know. said grandma, grandma was psychic or new things, people oh, would be no. like, no, <laughs> no, no. Right. And I grew up in a home where my my father's mother mother was very intuitive and grandma just knew things. So I was fortunate that, you know, I grew up in that environment where we just sort of, oh, grandma knows things. She's very intuitive. And we just sort of let it be because there was nothing telling us there was anything wrong with that Mm -hmm. in my world. So I was fortunate to sort of grow up in that. And I think more and more people are starting to speak the language a little differently Mm -hmm. and give themselves permission to say, oh, it is something beyond just intuition. It's a really deep sense of intuition. It's psychic, you know, or we can connect to that inner being. And then if we can connect to our inner being, then why can't we connect to our God, our source, our creator? And then if we can do that, then why can't we connect to a frequency of somebody else in the same way? So I think we're really on the cusp of opening up for more and more and more people to just give themselves permission to um, to delve into that world and think about it a little bit more. I always laugh because I've only actually had a couple of people come up to me and say, I think what you're doing is, is garbage or I don't believe it. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's only happened a couple of times in, in my life. And I kind of laugh now and I always just tell them that's okay. We'll have the conversation when we're both dead. I don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, one day you're going to know it. I used to want to prove it. I used to want to have the argument and say, but you, why don't you believe? And, you know, and Mm. have that conversation where now I'm just, I don't know. I think that comes with age and wisdom where I'm just like, you know, it's okay for you to, to walk through life that way, reacting. That's your life, your journey, whatever. One day we're both going to get to that point in non-physical where you're going to know everything that I'm saying and more because I don't know everything. And I honestly just, you know, I connect at a specific level, but I know there's so much more that I will never know until I'm a non-physical being myself, you know? So yeah, I always say, we'll have that conversation then. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the audience must be fascinated. And you've said a couple of times, angels, guides, tell us more about that, because I can just imagine that there's people just hungry for that and just want to know, what do you mean by that? And where are they? And how do I connect? Well, okay, so going back, I guess I did connect with 
angels and guides before I connected with what I recognized as my people on the other side, my son or, you know, other relatives, I saw angels. I was very connected to guides. I actually sat down. I did a meditation one time and I sat down and I envisioned this big round oval table in a hall. And I invited my guides to come and sit with me and introduce themselves. And so I have guides that came and sat down at my table. And when I first started doing mediumship um, professionally and doing readings for people, I would introduce my guides around the table because that was kind of my way of starting out. And I would, you know, and the people sitting across from me would just be fascinated by that. I'd say, oh, and here comes this, you know, angel. And I would have angels and guides. There was a, I had a guide named Donald. I, you know, he still sits at my table and I'm not sure he's an educator. He's very wise, but there's no, I don't know where he comes from. You know, he just sort of sits there and he's part of my team and I don't know much out of else about him. And then I have, you know, Archangel Michael, Archangel Ariel, and um, I see them differently. Archangel Gabriel sometimes would come to me as a male um, energy and sometimes as a female energy. So I would switch that and be Gabriel or Gabrielle is oh. I would, how I would speak it. Yeah. And they would come to me differently, depending on how they came into the reading. I would get Archangel Raphael would come to me almost like a ball of light above me. Wow. He never sat at my table where, where Archangel Michael would stand behind me and Archangel um, wow. Gabriel would sit across from me. So everybody sort of had their space at my table that I introduced so them to. Gifted. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was, you know, but that was, that was my introduction into the spirit world of, of mm-hmm. consciously connecting. Mm-hmm. I I had, you know, angel visits during the night when I was a kid and I just thought, oh, it's like a dream or everybody gets that. I didn't realize. But when I started doing the work and consciously invited them to my table, they all come and they sit in their in their spot around my table. And that works for me. And I truly believe that they come to me in that form and that way, because that's what I asked for. And that's what I prefer. And I like everybody to have their spot. Mm-hmm. And so that I can connect with them and um, know where them. they are. Don't be moving around on me. <laughs> well, exactly. And yeah. then I, I recognize their energy from where they're sitting, where they're, yes. where they're placing themselves. So yes. I don't introduce my team when people come to visit anymore, unless they ask me questions about it. I just, they're sitting at my table with me. So, and I have some, I call them come and go guides that come and go. They always stand to the left, to the left of me and they come and go as I kind of need them. I have um, Seth is one that would come when I was doing more business-like things. He always wore these khaki pants and a button down shirt and he would come. And then I had Claire was a guide that would come in when I needed more of that playful she was more of like a hippie angel and she had the bare feet and very flowing dress and she would come and I would know that it was time to lighten my world up a little bit so you know I'm I really spent some time connecting with my team and at that time when I first started doing this I was meditating at least an hour a day and that's what I tell people if you want to learn how to do this if you want to connect do the do the work Take the time and quiet your mind, sit and meditate, however that looks for you, because everybody does it differently. For me, I started meditating by sitting in a corner. I I bought this fancy little chair, stuck it in the corner of my guest bedroom. And that was my meditation space. And I just went there every night. I did it in the evening and I would turn the same CD at the time. It was a CD player. And I would just stick a CD on it was the same one every time. And I kind of trained myself to go into that meditative state by using the same music, the same chair, the same position, the same time. Yes. And, you know, just created that because I just felt called to do it. I felt this need to, to connect. Yeah. And so I set myself up for success and, and that's what I did. And it worked for me fantastically. When it comes to past lives, do you have experience with that? 
I do. I've done a couple of past life regressions. I've I haven't led anybody through a past life regression, but I have had past life stuff come up through a reading and I've done a couple on my own which um one was super interesting. I had because I had said before I'm not very indoctrinated into any kind of religion or anything. Yes. I was having this past life regression and I went back to the a time of Jesus and I was sitting in this room and I was talking to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to this place and I kept talking about this the Essenes. And I didn't know what I, those were. I had no idea what who the Essenes were. Mm-hmm. And I spoke about the Essenes and I spoke about things that were going on and who they were and the teachings. And this friend of mine that was running me through this past life regression was just like, wow, that's really interesting. And she's taking notes. And afterwards we talked about it mm-hmm. and I looked it up and there was a time in history where Jesus and the Essenes, there's even a book called Jesus and the Essenes. And I'd oh, never heard of it before. Fantastic. So, yeah. So, you know, I have had experiences with past lives but um, when I sat in meditation and asked my guides about past lives, because I was really interested in how that worked, you know, mm-hmm. do we, how we bring ourselves forward into different lifetimes. And not that I have it totally figured out, but I truly believe that we, we come through different lifetimes and we bring with us, of course, the skills and and different things that are sort of we can bring through consciously with us from lifetime to lifetime. But I think it's more that we connect with source energy. So we connect with through source, depending on what our vibration and our frequency is at the time. So I may connect to my, a past life that I had, but I can just as easily connect to a past life that somebody else has had. Okay. Depending on my frequency depending on where I'm focusing my attention. So I look at it more like that, right? Like that. And two people can have the same past life because we can both focus on that frequency and, and connect to that lifetime. So I believe we have the ability to do that. Or I believe that, you know, consciously we can do that. We can tune our station to whatever frequency we choose to so whether it's a past life that I actually lived as a human or I'm just connecting to somebody else's past life I think we have the ability to kind of focus into to oh I get it I get it yeah yes so sometimes we think it's our past life but really we're just tuning into just like myself as a medium if somebody comes to see me yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm connecting to their loved ones. I may not have even known their loved ones, but I'm connecting to their frequency. And I'm right. not doing it direct to them. I'm doing it through source energy through, you know, creator God, I'm, I'm connecting with them through my frequency through creator, not mm-hmm. directly to the person. So I can do that to a past life just as easily. Why do you think that we come back here to Earth? To expand, expand, to to grow, to evolve, to expand consciousness, expand source, because energy, energy we know doesn't die. It can change, but it doesn't die. It doesn't quit. It doesn't end. So I believe that source, and, and I like to think of it in, in form of, of source energy, because to me, yeah. it's always expanding and always evolving. And by coming into a human lifetime, focusing our attention into a human lifetime, we're Uh expanding source, we're expanding consciousness, we're expanding the the evolution of, of this source energy that keeps growing and evolving. And it's through our messy human lives that we do that, right? It's like, it's hard to stand in a room of light and see anything. If it's just all light, you have to have shadow, you have to have you know, depth, you have to have darkness to show the depth of things. So and to create different thought patterns and to create to evolve, life has to get messy. So I think that's why we come into human existence, to evolve to mess things up to have new thoughts and create new things that will then in turn expand consciousness and expand source energy which Mm -hmm. is always building on itself and evolving. 
Mm-hmm. I hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. And, you know, I was just, as we, we talked uh, before the show, I interviewed Dr. Etta D. Jackson yesterday. And she says that the soul for your evolutionary, for your journey here, for your evolutionary journey, your soul will nudge you or spirit will nudge you into your next step. And if you don't listen, you're going to get a bigger nudge and a bigger nudge and, you know, a really big nudge. And what it is, it's uh, moving the human consciousness and specifically some people more than others forward our teachers like yourself, our people who are helping other people. Those are the people that are being sort of guided and asked to do more and to teach more and to share. And I mean, that's what podcasting is about. I mean, the information age has just is at lightning speed at this point um, because all the podcasters in the world that are having conversations with people like you all over the world and the listening audience are listening and they are starting to wake up a little bit and a little bit at a time. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're, as we have these conversations, it gives more and more people room to have the conversations and, you know, for certainly this conversation that we're having today Mm -hmm. is expanding consciousness just by throwing out different ideas, whether I'm right or wrong, throwing out ideas that other people are grabbing onto, and then they can expand consciousness by having their own thoughts and creating their own frequency going forward. And, you know, as far as being guided, I truly believe, yes, we're being guided along our path, but we have free will. So I I don't believe in a predetermined path so much as we choose our environment that we come into. We choose the lifetime. we, We choose the time, the environment, the people that we surround ourselves with. So our environment, what parents we come into, we choose that knowing full well that when we get here, that we have free will. So from there, we're plugging in our own GPS coordinates. So, yeah. you know, it it's like, okay, let's go and let's have fun and let's do this. And let's see what happens, knowing all the time that regardless of what happens, mm-hmm. we'll, we're going to be able to focus our attention back into non-physical mm-hmm. and, you know, expand and know and evolve from the experience we had, regardless of what the experience is. Cause I think mm-hmm. we know when we come into it, that it's not going to be all love and light. We wouldn't come into know. a physical think, body. Yeah. We wouldn't well, come into a physical body if we just wanted all love and light, because yeah, why not just yeah, stay, exactly. stay with yeah. source. We yes. know there's going to be some messy bits. We know that life is going to throw some curveballs. That's why we come here. Some people want to do it gently and choose to go through life, you know, expanding through thought in a safe space and some people come in you know rushing in with both feet and expand their consciousness and expand the consciousness of the universe through major changes and traumas and events and things like that so I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you think about movies myself I'm very conscious of what I what I see what I feel what I think about what I hear. So I don't go to like scary movies. I don't like scary movies. I don't like Uh, horror movies. I don't like to see. I don't like that either. Yeah. I don't like to see that. Some people love it. Some people will go to a movie to be scared to death, Mm -hmm. walking out, feeling that adrenaline rush. So we all expand in, in different ways. So that person is expanding just as much or more than I am in my safe little bubble, you know, they're, they're You're adding expanding. to the consciousness as well. Yeah. Well, you're expanding differently. You're sure. expanding in a different, two different routes is how yes. I see that. And there's many different routes that you can take, but you know, and I'm really glad that you brought that up because I scare easily and I'll check with somebody even before I'll see a movie. And say, Do you think it'll scare me? Because I don't even want to get to the point that it's scary and then shut it off. Like, I don't even want to get to that point. And my good best gauge is my daughter because she sees a lot of scary stuff. And she knows that I am really because I can't my soul is not comfortable with that. And I really 
I'm not comfortable in my body when I'm scared to death like that. And even yeah. Jaws scared me. And I mean, yeah. that was the first really scary movie that ever came out. And I was terrified. And I was terrified forever after that. <laughs> you know? So, but I really like what you're talking about. Uh, you're so candid. And I love that. But you know, it also gives other people permission. I mean, you're using words here, and ideas and feelings that people are saying, probably, I feel that way too. And I didn't really know that that's what that was. And so you've really opened up a big portal here for people to to give people permission that it's okay to feel so it's okay to be too afraid to go to movies um, yeah. that are scary. I really appreciate that. Um, is there anything else that you can talk to us about? I guess that what I'm wondering is that when our soul leaves here and it goes away, it goes somewhere else, the energy just goes somewhere else. And as a medium, you uh, help people uh, tap into that type of energy. Now, do you get, um, when you're with that person and speaking with that person, do you get like an energy, like an intuition about that person that to convey to the person that you're talking to? Like, how does that work? Well, people come to me in a diff couple different ways. Um, okay. A good way to describe it is, so my son, Travis, yes. uh, that passed, he was six years old when he passed. So sometimes I can connect with him as that six-year-old. It's like he sits on my lap. I can feel him. I can smell him. I can, you know, mm -hmm. and he was nonverbal at the time, but I can, I can hear him. I can, you know, rub his nose. And I just sort of have that sense that he's my little boy right here. Yeah. When I work with him, because he comes to work with me, he stands behind me as he would be kind of now, which is like, uh, he would be 30 years old now. Yeah. So he he stands sort of as a young man behind me and sort of guides me and we can have a conversation in that respect. And then I can also feel him as this teacher, as this elder, and he stands sort of to my right in front of me, to my right a bit. And he's very wise and evolved and he's very spirit driven and he's just so he's like a teacher or a mentor. Now mm -hmm. I can still recognize that it's Travis because I feel his energy, energy. and I know it's him, but he yes. comes to me in these different ways. The same happens when, and certainly the, who he is now is probably that wise and spiritual teacher mentor that's probably closest to who he is now as the expanded being mm -hmm. in the non-physical. Mm -hmm. So when I connect with people during a reading, I connect with them and their personality of who they were, because if they come to me and I connect to them as who they are now, mm -hmm. you wouldn't recognize them. Because yeah. they, as soon as our physical body and our spiritual body separate, we become love and light. We, we let go of all the, the emotional human, you know, guilt and anger and, and worry and doubt and uh -huh. boredom and all the emotions that we have as human beings. We release all that as soon as we cross into the non-physical, we become this love and light, this expanded energy. So if I'm doing a reading for you and your loved ones come through as they uh -huh. are now, they're going to be somebody that you don't recognize. They had yeah. a personality that included negative things. They included frustration and insecurities and you know, uh, anger, you know, yeah. there was some people that were not nice and as human forms, you know, there's all these things that make them the personality they were as a human. So they will come through to me with that personality to start with. Yes. And then from there, they sort of move into a space of that expanded being that they are. And that's usually towards the end of a, a reading where the message comes in. It comes mm -hmm. from that more expanded, this is who they are now. Right. All of that, that they were plus, yeah, you know, this expanded version of who they are. So I get kind of both in a reading. Nice. Um, 
Yeah. And that, that way you can feel like I'm talking to, which I am, I'm talking to your uncle or your father or your mother or whoever they were, but they have to show me their personality of who they were before we can go to who they are fully now. Yeah. They just have to give me that impression or impress upon me who they were so that we can validate and, and let people know, yes, this is who I have. Yeah, exactly. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant Show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by my sponsor, Cymatrax. And today I am speaking with Diane Quarterly. Diane, can you let the people know where they may reach you if they want to? Do you have a website, A how they may purchase your book? So uh, my book is on Amazon about a blue angel. Mm -hmm. And uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me, I am on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, but it's just all under my name. So uh, Diane Courtley, Q-U-A-R-T-L-Y and Diane with one N. So um, yeah, my website, dianecourtley.com. Easiest very way. Nice. Yes, very nice. Diane Courtley. I, I said your last name incorrectly, didn't I? Well, now I know most people do. They, most people say quarterly and that's okay. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good to know because it's the spelling that's important and they have to be able yeah. to reach you. So thank you for clarifying that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, do no you problem. feel that you've been called to your journey, crafted it or a bit of both? Um, A bit of both. I think we're all called along on our journey. I think we are all called forward by guides and angels. I think we're all called to always move forward so we're always called forward by uh source energy to expand and evolve so yes. yes i believe that i was called forward my personality who i am what i'm interested in has all inspired me along this path to the mediumship uh certainly the events that have happened in my life and um have sort of pushed me in that direction a little yes. bit, but yes. I think that's true for everybody. The events and the the incidents and the traumas and the just life unfolding happening is sort of what directs us on our path or inspires us forward on our path in whatever direction we choose to mm -hmm. take. But I believe that it's our choice, right? I could have ignored the calling. I could have ignored all my, the inspiration to move forward on my path in this direction. Certainly yeah. there's time, you know, when you have yeah. conversations that I can go one way or another and I choose mm -hmm. and no way's wrong. So yeah, I, I believe that we're all sort of called forward and I'm loving the way I'm being courage. called. <laughs> yeah. And it takes courage to step into the calling. Um, I think in some ways it does, but I, I don't know for me, I just find when I'm connected and I'm moving forward the way that feels right. It it's doesn't easy. feel that difficult. It, no. You know, I no. jumped in with both feet and I thought I love this so much and it feels so right to me Home. that it would <laughs> almost feel more difficult to not do it, to For not you, go yes. forward. Yes. And I was fortunate um, when, when my son did pass that yes. I was in the room when his soul left his body. And I thank God for that gift of yes. being able to um, see him leave his physical body yes. and he had have that experience in the room when it happened. And I believe that I was given that gift because I am that person that wants proof. I am that person that just, yes. I wouldn't have been able to do the work I'm doing now had I not had that experience because I can stand in front of anybody and say, yes, there is life after death. Yes, we continue on. Yes, there, there's just no doubt. And I never have to think about it in any other yes. way than this absolutely is a truth. We yes. do continue on. And it was because of that experience that I'm able to do that. And I think that's why it's easy for me to stand and say, I don't care what you think. I know this to be true. I yes. know that we continue on. I yes. know that our spirit. Well, you're convicted you know, because of your experience. Yeah. 
I am. Yeah. There's just no question to me. So it's easy for me to stand in the power of that and move forward with that and and say to people, you know, this, this absolutely, we do absolutely continue on just in a different form, a different vibration, a different frequency. And we can connect with them. I did. And I'm, I'm nobody special. I connected with my son in that room. I got to say goodbye to him at that moment. It was horrible and it was wonderful all at the same time, Mm -hmm. but um, I did it. And I believe everybody can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Do you, what extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? Um, well, I think that would be it, probably <laughs> the the discovery that we, you know, what I knew to be true or felt to be true um, through my life as a young child and growing as a teenager, certainly through those teenage years of, of you know, self-discovery and just becoming the person that I am, but becoming an adult and sitting in that room that day and knowing without a doubt and with 100% certainty that we do move into a non-physical life that continues on and that we, you know, don't just end. We don't just stop. We do continue and that we are still involved with our human people. Travis, my son is still involved with us. He's He's not missing anything. You know, I miss seeing him see things, but he's not missing anything. He's still very much involved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really feel that you've given our audience a lot of hope today because people in, you know, in everybody's life, they've lost a loved one. They're about to lose a loved one. And I Mm -hmm. think that, you know, listening to our podcast, they're going to find comfort in the things that you've talked about today. You've shared yourself at a very a fantastic level so that people it will resonate with the audience so i really appreciate that and i thank you so much for being on the show it's been delightful well thank you so much and thank you for continuing to have the conversations that i think are so very important so that we can just speak our truth and throw out ideas and you know bounce it off of other people and see what people and just give people permission to think about yes and also that you can connect with others who have the same gifts that you do. I know you don't like that word or the same abilities that you do or <laughs> I'll take anchored, it. I'll take anchored it. <laughs> in the energies that you are. And because we search in our life for people who are like us so that we can share us ourselves with each other and then grow beyond that as well. And so you've gifted the ones who are going to reach out to you because they want to know more or they're, you know, they're on the same path, the same journey, and we'll buy your book. And I I just love it. Your work is so far outreaching. We don't know the energy that it's going to take wings and uh, help many, many people. And I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. My pleasure. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant show is Sun on the Water, composed and performed by my friend, John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax.